I was in New York. You're familiar with Carnegie Hall. I'm trying to be strict. I'm trying to do everything. But you get backstage, it's 45 minutes before the show, and they have these massive chocolate chip cookies, and they have every food you can imagine. And there's no carrot sticks. There's no celery. Welcome to the Bar Ben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest coaches, athletes, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today I'm talking to Grammy-nominated composer, producer, and songwriter Kit Wakely. Kit has a decades-long career in music, and he's also a lifelong fitness fanatic. This guy just loves lifting weights. He joins us to talk about finding a path to wellness in the demanding and temptation-filled music industry, including tips for how he stays on track while on the road. Kit also talks about his bucket list collaborators, rock and roll stereotypes, and much, much more. Now let's get on with the show. Kit, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Just wanted to ask how you're feeling today. We're going to talk about your passion for fitness in addition to your music career. So, uh, you know, how has your new year been fitness-wise so far? It, it has been good. You know, we always get that fresh, you know, reset as of January first in our in our uh, in our psyche. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. It's been clicking really well. That's great to hear. I, I will say, uh, I was doing some prep for this. You're actually the second Grammy-nominated musician we've had on the podcast. We had Ice T on last year, so I was going to say the first, but that would be doing him a disservice. He's got yeah. a couple as well, so just want to clarify. That you might want to acknowledge, yeah, yeah. He's 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 been around for a bit. He's done some stuff in the industry. Let's put it yeah. that way. Um, also really interesting. It kind of actually, I re-listened to that podcast, my interview with Ice-T to kind of set the groundwork here. He's a, a legend in the music industry who has a huge passion for fitness, big background in gymnastics, still a fitness fanatic today. I'd love to hear a little bit about your fitness journey. We're going to talk about the music, obviously, but I want to hear about your fitness journey uh, and, and kind of take us on that chronology a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, like, you know, we're, we're young, we're in school, we see our buddies lifting weights and, and doing their thing. And, you know, I caught I caught the bug then and, uh, you know, kind of stuck with it through college. And I was blessed that I didn't have to do a lot before I started showing size and strength. So that made it a little more encouraging. And then uh, being in music at that time as well, you know, I could sport the fitness as kind of part of my, you know, persona. And I kept that up. But then when uh, I started to raise two daughters on my own, I, I kind of fell out of that that rhythm like I would. But uh, as my career picked back up with music, it just by happenstance, I was also getting back into fitness. Borderline, I'll just shoot straight, uh, overweight, borderline, diabetic, high cholesterol, just all the things that and I wasn't proud of how I looked. So as my career started taking off, so did my fitness journey again. And, you know, my doctor just kind of chuckles now. I've got the blood work of a 25-year-old, he says, and I'm very proud of of my physique at my age. And uh, that's, again, become part of my persona within the music industry. Oh, well, Kit's here. We all better eat right. We, we better... <laughs> we, we better we better be ready to go to the gym this morning uh, with Kit, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a good a good checks and balances and keeps me in in you know what this is what people expect. I know it's good for my body, and I'm 
I'm, I'm able to, it just kind of keeps me grounded. You know, something I was talking to ice. I don't know if I'm, if I'm familiar enough with him to call him ice. I'll call him. I'll say ice. Oh, yeah, I'll hey, say his full. Tea, I call him T. We yeah. call him T. Yeah. Everyone. He's got these old friends, you know, it's just, just a bunch of us old pals reminiscing. And, uh, you know, he talked about the physical demands of being a performer. He gives very, I mean, he's into his sixties. He gives very, still very electric performances. He's running all over the place. He talked about um, some collaboration concerts he did with rock musicians and how he's having to sprint, you know, 100 yards across these massive stages into the crowd Mm -hmm. and all the catwalks. And he talked about those physical demands and how it's really it's always a reminder to him that right at the end of the day, he's a performer. There is physicality in music and there's also a lot of travel when it comes to music. We were talking before we started recording. You travel a lot and kind of making your body more resilient helps you travel easier at least one would assume i'd love to hear your thoughts on that and how physicality impacts both performance for you but also the rigors of travel and being on the road for a lot of the year yeah um you know when you're hitting when you're hitting six cities in eight days and you're just you're you know the way the schedule works out you're you get in at eight o'clock at night by the time you get to your hotel you know your most restaurants i'm so sorry i thought i had everything turned off Oh, it's okay. Um, I, I, my, my, the ice in my coffee was shaking and making noise on this, so you're all good. We'll keep that in, actually. It's good color. Well, more proud to you, uh, the reality. Um, but when you're going from city to city like that and you get in late, there's even in a place like New York, you get settled. You don't have that long before restaurants are closed, so better meal prep. You are tired a lot, so working out for me just gives me that that little sense of reality when you're staying in hotels and things of that nature. And sometimes union workers don't want to do their job. So you're lifting a lot of equipment. And when you've got a hundred pound keyboard case and, and you know, your guitarist isn't there yet to help load things, there's just so many variables. And then I'm sure maybe as IST talked about, when you're in the studio or you're on stage, you're on, you know, you're just on. And so when you come off, you get to flip the switch off a little bit and it's exhausting. I mean, I never dreamed it how exhausting it could be. So I think that staying in shape and keeping yourself grounded in some kind of structure for the workout and all your travel, I think is is key. What does your fitness routine look in a normal week? Obviously, on the road, you kind of get what you can. You're kind of scraping together what you can with hotel gyms, body weight, you you name it. We've all we've all kind of figured that out for ourselves or or constantly figuring it out. But say that you're settled. Say you're kind of in your your routine. You might be home. What is what does your fitness routine in an ideal scenario look like? What I do, and of course we all have our method behind our madness. But what I personally do is I spend thirty minutes uh, a day just hitting a, a good compound movement on a particular body part. So it might be chest one day with three or four exercises to really push the strength variable. But then right after that, I have a 50 minute class that I always attend. It's, it's not CrossFit, but it's kind of uh, cut from the same cloth. Functional, so of, fu- yeah. functional high intensity. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. High, thank you. High intensity. And so I'm able to work on my cardio there. I'm able to get that uh, lactic burn that maybe I just got from my chest to kind of, and so the way that works out, if I go at least five days a week, I'm hitting every body part twice a week. I'm getting my cardio and I'm not spending, you know, there, I used to believe, Oh, you got to spend two hours a day in the gym mm. doing a gajillion sets. And, 
then you realize, wait a minute, get the lactic burn, get some, it, you really can do a whole lot with a little less than you think. And so that's how mine, and then if I'm stuck somewhere, nine times out of 10, if I will do 25 burpees, 10 man makers, 20 thrust, and give myself 60 seconds of rest and do three rounds of that, like in a hotel with a little bit of lightweight, you are worn out. Mm. I mean, you're just worn slick. Uh, now, the people who are listening to this may go, you, you, you really got to get in better shape. <laughs> but for me, it, it, I'm, I'm tired and I feel yeah. like I got a worthy workout. What I always tell people with my my jet lag cure, because I when I travel, if I'm traveling time zones, could be just even one time zone. Like I get hit with jet lag really bad. And my the best thing for me is I do a hundred burpees as soon as I get to my hotel room. Oh wow. Yeah. As a as a reset. And you know, some people listening to this will say, Oh, that seems terrible. Some people listening to this will say, Oh, that's not that bad. If you do a hundred burpees, I, I warm up a little bit beforehand, by the way. I'm not sure, just going sure. into that cold. But if you do a hundred burpees as quickly as you can. I don't care who you are. You are going to break a sweat and yes. you are going to be breathing heavy at the end. I, I, you could be the fittest person in the world and you will still feel that, right? Yeah. And it, it is a non negotiable. If I change time zones and I get to a hotel, it is a non negotiable for me. And I've said that before and I tell people to do it. And I get so many angry texts from people who say, I did it. And I just sat on the floor for 20 minutes after. <laughs> yeah. I did that at the beginning of, uh, of the pandemic. I would just go, okay, today I'm going to do a hundred burpees. Yeah, that's that's a special kind of torture. So more power to you. And the, the thing about doing a hundred burpees, sorry to get on this train, but as no, someone who's do that, done yeah. it before, it 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 gets you sore and you feel it in places you don't expect. You know, you think you're gonna feel it in the arms, but yeah. you kind of feel it in the lats, you know, and you feel it in the legs. I feel it in my calves too. Yeah. If, if I've had a hard uh, core day the day before, really worked abs, I'm dumbfounded at how much we use core when we do a burpee. It's the strangest thing, or legs or whatever. So, yeah, I, I love, sadistic as it is, I love what a burpee, how about this? I love what a burpee can do for the body. I don't love burpees. I, I we don't we're not going to release the video of this recording, but I'm looking at Kit and the face he made after he said "I love" was just like second guessing, just <laughs> yeah. like mm, is that right? Is that right? Let me give a let me give some context here. Like a bad ex girlfriend, we don't <laughs> we don't we, talk about that. We don't talk about mixed. Mix, you know, you love what they do for you. You know, it's like a bet an old relationship. You love how it changed you, what it taught you. Going through it is a, a whole lot of <laughs> whole lot of grief, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm enjoying this. I appreciate that. That's great. Who? I'm curious, Kit, in your in your experience in the music industry, because you've been at this for for a minute. Met tons of people, I'm sure. Worked with tons of different artists. It's kind of the nature of of your game, right? Has any have you crossed paths with anyone uh, who you're immediately like, yeah, they share my passion? for for wellness for for fitness and it's a part it's a part of them as a performer and as a musician you know specifically what i can tell you is i'm amazed at how many times i'll sit down at at a meal whether it's breakfast lunch dinner whatever and i do a lot of my peers uh they may not have the size we can tell they still have the physique but mm -hmm. they will eat very healthy mm -hmm. it's salmon or you know some type of protein with their their uh, salad 
Um, they're very, you know, they, you know, it's a lot of them I don't even see drink, but specifically, you know, there's some that I don't know that have been around like a, a, a John Legend or a, um, a Kevin Hart that I just really take it to passion. But then there's, you know, all these engineers and producers and uh, people in the industry that make it happen mm. that are very strict about their their physique and health and because they're they're in a studio all day or they're they know they're going to be traveling a lot so i think it's about 50 50 the ones that just don't care you can tell but i've got a lot of friends i mean they live and breathe by you know the lifestyle of trying to keep healthy do you think that there is i mean look we, we've all seen you know vh1s behind the music you see you, you kind of hear the horror stories. You see the 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 biopics. Is there temptation in the music industry to indulge in ways that are unhealthy? Is that is that still the way it oh is? Oh my gosh! Yes. I mean, you know, like I'll never forget. I was really trying to be, be on my best behavior. I was in New York. You're familiar with Carnegie Hall. I'm trying to be strict. I'm trying to do everything. But you get backstage, it's 45 minutes before the show, and they have these massive chocolate chip cookies, and they have every food you can imagine. And there's no carrot sticks. There's no celery. And so when you go night after night like that, or you go to a granny party, and it's alcohol. I don't drink. So that's one part I have in my in my side. But there's alcohol for days. And there's food of every kind. The food is in front of you all the time. And you don't have a meeting, you know, to discuss a new project or who you're going to work with or just to catch up. You don't just have a meeting at someone's house. Where are you meeting? You're meeting at a hotel. So food is is just part of the part of the, the you know, the world, if you will. And then we talked about how difficult it is to get in the gym and you're so busy. I mean, I've been, I was in LA recently for four days. I did to get it all in. I did breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner for four days. And that's just meeting. That's just so you can meet with people. Each of those is a meeting, right? Yeah. That's the only time they want to meet. So thank you for tying that back in. If your world is centered around food before you walk on stage or during breaks or a union has food there. That is, it's so easy just to grab. Um, and it can be addictive. Mm. It, it's con- convenience is, is the enemy of discipline. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Now you talked about meal prepping. I'm, I'm curious. Are you, someone who takes food on the road with you or are you just pretty stringent about what you're eating on the road and kind of making sure you can find those sources ahead of time? 90% of the time I'll do my meal prep before I go on the road, especially flights. And that usually helps me out for a day or two. But Mm. by the time, you know, you're in a hotel and you're coming back or you're in a hotel going to your next stop, meal prep's just not an option. I usually take my protein bars, my protein mixes, um, that always gets uh, airport security a little curious. But I take my powders and things like that with me. I mean, I I would be pretty disingenuous to tell you that I there are days I've went two or three days in a row through an airport. I'm in a hurry. As embarrassing as this is, I grab a bag of Tito's and a Hershey's bar, and that was my meal for the day. And so I think to tell 
you know, your audience, anything different would be an out and out lie. But when it's time to turn it on, and I don't mean once every six months, when you're back after three days of travel, it is, you, you can't afford to keep up that poor habit. So you just kind of fill in the blanks where you can. One thing I will say is I think traveling, the thing I don't like in airports is is the prices, but I will say the options have gotten better. Yes. You go to little newsstands or you go to the little, you know, little places they have to get snacks. It's not all sometimes they, they are having protein bars. And I mean like actual protein bars, not the candy bars, yeah, you know, yeah. disguise. You can get sometimes, you know, I see hard boiled eggs now. Yes. You know, fruit, I see fruit cups. fruit cups. I see nuts, not not like trail mix, it's just all MMs, but I see I see actual options now. What always gets me is the fact that I look at the fruit cup and it's like $13 and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but there are options. And I think for travel, the thing I've always run into, it's getting slightly better, but still an issue. It's honestly a good source. Good sources of protein is the issue. I agree. I agree. My problem, like I said, not to make excuses, when you're getting an airport at eight and you're waiting for your flight at 930 at night, the Hudson's usually shuts down before they yep. Yep, but, that's uh, the news. Yep. <laughs> but if I can grab um, Panda Express, grab some chicken there, I'm really happy. You know, we just kind of make do with what we can. But I think the biggest thing that keeps me in check is I was doing a show in Austin. And, you know, they've got all the photographers, they take the pictures and the videography. And I've never let that footage out of my hard drive because I saw what I looked like. And like I said, I, I can't stress to you enough. I'm not one of those guys that works out for a week, takes off for three weeks. I'm a guy that works out every day. <clears throat> and then sometimes I have to go a week and a half trying to figure it out. That was a really bit, bad stretch of me trying to do that. And I just saw these. I was I was embarrassed. So I've never let those pictures out. So I think that that is one of the biggest blessings I've had to see those, to see the appearance and go, okay, you, you've got to figure it out and do something better. I do want to change a, a little bit just because we, we could talk about this all day. We could talk about yeah, sorry, yeah, travel all day. No, and that's good. This is this is the Bar Band podcast. That's what we like yeah. to talk about. But I would be remiss if I did not talk to you a little bit and ask a little bit about your music career because you, you've been at it for you've been in the business for for a good long while. And recently you've experienced, I'm not gonna call it breakout success because you broke out a long time ago, but You've had some real career triumphs in the last, call it, 24 months, 18 months even. And I would love to hear a little bit about where your career is now and, you know, looking forward, what goals you still have in the industry. Yeah. Well, thanks for acknowledging that. Yeah, I've been really blessed. You know, everything from Billboard Awards to number one billboards to now I'm nominated for a Grammy and we've got our fingers crossed for February 5th. I'm, I'm able to play some incredible places and I have a great team of people around me. And I, it's even just going to London to record with the orchestra and then coming back here and recording with these famous rock musicians. I mean, I live a very blessed life. The, <clears throat> so it's, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. I really like to produce. So I've got several projects I'm looking to producing next year that are very highbrow. And then actually this year, I'm hoping to just produce and not have to compose, but, you know, it's just opened so many doors for film. In our world, we can sell out 3,000, 4,000 seats. We can't sell out the 23,000. But it's still in our circles, 
something I embrace and I'm proud of. However, just as a plug, I am playing the Chicago, I'm playing United Center uh, on February 11th and it's 23,000 people. So that one will be that we'll have lots of photographs. If I had to Photoshop my physique, so be it, but we're going to, we're going to embrace 23,000. That there's a a very blessed time. There's a lot of history in that arena. Yes. <laughs> you got some tough acts to follow, but I'm, I'm yeah. but I'm sure you can. You talked about I, I'm I'm curious. You mentioned highbrow pro- projects. What does that mean for you? For someone like me, you know, I'm not in the music industry. I'm a consumer of music, but I'm curious what that means what it means for you. Um I would say one you're getting to work with some of the best of the best musicians, some of the best of the best engineers and producers. Of course, I I'll, I'll be on that team or heading the team, but when you know, whether you're working with one of the most famous guitarists there are or whether you're working with one of the most famous engineers or the London Symphony, or if you know it's getting ready to be ready for a bigger budget movie, uh, that's what I consider a higher brow. Um, I've been told never take, don't ever take a step backwards. I always try to. So I have so many things in line with some of the top musicians in different arenas that I never I couldn't get these people to answer my calls two years ago. Now it's they're calling me and now they're like, Kit, Kit Wakely, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who in the music industry are you hoping you get the chance to work with and maybe have not crossed paths with yet? Oh, wow. I'm sure there are a few, but, but you there's, know, it's a big, big space. The first one that just comes to mind is, is John Legend. I would do anything to sit in the same room with him and, and, pull his creativity and just watch it as far as, you know, in another world, it would have to be Hans Zimmerman, excuse me, Hans Zimmer, who scores the biggest movies in the world. So between those two, you're getting a a heck of a, an education, you know, and then I would love to watch Paul McCartney work. Uh, He, he likes to do some things that people don't realize he's doing to, to fool and and tinker with the psyche of other musicians, so those would be the three right at the top. Paul McCartney, I assume, at this point in his career, he's eighty years old, right? I assume he can just do whatever he wants. Yes, right. Like, you, does anyone say no to Paul McCartney? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know, it's just, just whatever whatever kind of music he wants to do. Whoever he can call up, whoever he wants. They they have to like just drop what they're doing and fly to meet him. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I was at when I was in London last summer. We were recording at, at Abbey Road, and they said he still, you know, stops by. Sits, you know, sits back there. That they've got a cafe there, and we'll sit there and talk shop, drink coffee, and. He's holding court. They love it. That's just got. I mean, what, what else are you gonna? Do? I can't think of a single person in the world who wouldn't drop what they're doing to like hang yeah. out with Paul McCartney. There's a level. There's a a, there are layers to the game, and they're and at the tippy top. You know, I would say he's 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 up there. I don't know. I don't know if Ringo pulls that cachet. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you said that. I'm joking. Ringo, Ringo fans, if you're listening to this podcast, love you to death. Most underrated Beatle in my mind. Anyway, um, talk about production versus composition and how you want to do more production. Is your, can, is your bandwidth for production greater than for composition? The thing I like about producing other artists is I'm able to, you know, depending on the, the level that you're producing, I'm able to bring in the, you know, the best of the best musicians. And I'm able to listen to that, that artist, you know, what their vision was and go, okay, that's cute. But now let's do this. 
let's add this kind of drum sound. Let's, how about we add this fill? How about we add this new keyboard layer? You know, 80 sounds, that's kind of coming back on synth sounds. So let's, and before you know it, when you see the artists, they just light up and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be this. When you're composing for yourself, you're composing every little note. So it's more stressful, mm. but more rewarding in the end. Mm. So they, they both have huge advantages. I, I appreciate that. That's something that I've always been, I've never known what to Google in comparing those things. I didn't have the vocabulary to actually spot much of the difference. So I appreciate a little bit of that, you know, taking us to. I always, I always try to educate people. When you see that hit song, I'm not going to mention artists because there's a lot of them. They had this big hit song. Well, I'm glad you came in and sang the tune, but then the producer is really the guy who made the hit. And uh, I, I think they're the biggest unsung heroes. But that's why they usually are. When the artist gets the Grammy, the producer usually gets one right there with them. It's kind of the unspoken word. I hear producers get paid decently these days as well. <laughs> yeah, I make more. I make a whole lot more money producing than I do off my own albums. There, there you go. You, I was glad I teased that out of you. I didn't want to be gauche about that, but but it, hey, it makes it makes a lot of sense. You're doing a lot of the work, deservedly so. Uh, well, Kit, is there anything? I mean. Grammys are coming up. Playing the United Center. And February is going to be a big month for you. Holy yes. cow. Anything that you know is on, I know there's a lot that might be in the goal realm right now or, or still has yet to be planned. Anything else kind of on the calendar for 2023? You're like, yep, that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, going to Cabo and hanging out for about a month. Going to Cabo and hanging out. Okay. Just hitting pause in life. I, I haven't, I can't stress to you. And by the way, we have a gym right there at the condo. So <laughs> I, I assumed you had some some, some setup. Yeah. But, I, you know, I know it doesn't sound sexy, but for me, what I'm really looking forward to is just catching my breath for the first time in about two and a half years. Seems like it's been a roller coaster. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Well, a roller coaster that you've prepped for and, uh, and hey, fitness, wellness, Huge parts in being able to kind of weather that that up and down, as we talked about. Kit Wakeley, where's the best people place for people, or the best places for people to follow along with you, your music, upcoming projects, anything like that? Obviously, it's hard for listeners to jot it all down. Obviously, you know, uh, you can look on iTunes and Spotify, but most of the time, I just tell people Google Kit Wakeley, and something's going to pop up that you can click on and listen to the music or buy. We don't. <laughs> we only get paid point zero four one six cents when you listen. Download purchase, purchase. Support artists, purchase the music. Kit, I super appreciate your time. We'll have some of the, we'll have links, to, you know, social media and things like that in the show notes as well. It's been a pleasure chatting with my second, the second Grammy nominated artist on this podcast. Let's see if we can rack up the score later this year. I super yep. appreciate your time. And you got great disposition. I appreciate that so much. <laughs>